0: So the only thing that's stopping a woman from becoming a mechanical engineer at the moment is just her. And obviously society is a major problem. especially the African society and yeah, it's about Asia as well. That is probably what's stopping some people from going into mechanical engineering in general. Um So that's on one hand. So I had to navigate those stereotypes. I had to navigate um, men.
1: Hello and welcome to the Connecting Dots podcast, a podcast that throws light into the stories of people, events, and issues that shape our different cultural narrative, and I'm your host, Adrian. Ever seen the 2016 movie Hidden Figures? Well, if you haven't, I do not know what to tell you. Because that movie is my inspiration behind this episode. It's a movie about three African American women engineers who worked at NASA in 1960. It stars my favorite Tara G. P. Henson, Octavia Spencer, and Janelle Monet. Well, the main message behind the movie generally inspires you to think positively about never giving up on your dreams, believing in yourself, and all that good stuff you would usually hear from a motivational speaker. But what's of interest to me is how women are often underrepresented in the academic and professional fields of engineering. Even though females have contributed to diverse fields of engineering, both historically and currently, though the gender gap as a whole is narrowing, there is still obviously that gender disparity and in my opinion, gender stereotypes, low rates of female engineering students and the engineering culture as a whole are factors that contribute to the current situation where men are dominated in the engineering field. And so my guest in today's episode is Romen Obomo. She recently concluded her PhD program in mechanical engineering from the University of Wolverhampton and currently works as a lecturer and researcher in the same institution. In this episode, she talks about how she got interested in mechanical engineering The difficulties faced as a woman in a male dominated field we also discussed her research in renewable power and lots of other good stuff generally it was an interesting conversation and i do hope it's also interesting for you there hello everyone welcome to another episode of the show and on today's um, episode, we have an interesting topic and also an interesting guest to help us trash the topic. And the topic we have is um, women in STEM, um, particularly, we're focusing on engineering because our guest is an engineer. And so there will be no more, there will be no one else um, to trash this topic with than someone who um is in engineering and not just in engineering someone who um is at the top of her profession academically so um without further ado let me introduce my um guest her name is um rumen or we can call her dr rumen since she has a PhD now hello rumen welcome to the show
0: hello 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 everyone
1: uh okay let's uh go right into it. Um, Let's start by introducing yourself um, to our podcast audience, um, your educational background and your career path to date.
0: Okay, hello um, audience, (laughs) nice for having me here and Adrian. So my name is Rumen again, I just recently finished my PhD 2020 actually, so officially Dr. Rumen
2: yeah congrats. but
0: before then thank you before then i started my higher education in 2009 so i studied in university of benin
2: yeah.
0: in nigeria and i did mechanical engineering and i finished 2014. so then went on to do my phd in 2015 and yeah so right now i am a lecturer, and also a researcher. So that's what I'm doing at the moment.
1: Okay, so funny enough, you said, um, because before we um, started this interview, um, I just got to know that you actually um, went from a BSc to PhD. Um, I was wondering, was that dynamic, like how I I always had the idea that um, to do a PhD, you needed an MSc um, degree before that. So I don't know if you can clarify that a bit.
0: Okay, yes, you you need a, an MSc, but um, there are times when you don't need an MSc. Yeah. So I finished with a first class degree for my undergrad. So I didn't need to have a master's degree to go on to PhD. Okay. So it depends on your first degree and it depends on the university they are doing your PhD in.
2: Okay.
0: And uh, yeah, so. It's not a 100% a requirement. Depend on the degree, depend on the university, and depend on the course as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, speaking about um, engineering, um, when did you first um, become interested in engineering, and why was this an appealing thing to be part of, and what motivated you eventually to take this career path?
2: Right,
0: yeah, I think it was sometime in secondary school, like my, I think it's from my junior secondary school, when we were first introduced to introductory technology, I don't know if you did that yeah, in your yeah. secondary school, but yeah. yeah, so we did like metal work, woodwork, and technical drawing, mm. so that was probably my first introduction to engineering and that skill, mm. and completely fell in love with the subject, I didn't even want to do any other subject, apart from math, um, so that was the first thing. So I just fell in love with technical drawing. Mm-hmm. Then went on to senior secondary school. My, I had to choose subjects. So I chose technical drawing first and then um, decided to choose other science subjects. The other like social science subjects and art subjects didn't really appeal to me. So it was more of, I just enjoyed math, enjoyed drawing. Mm. I was like, okay, let me just do math and drawing, basically. But I had to choose more subjects, so I had to choose all the other subjects. Mm. Then um, I talked to the, what they call them now, guidance counselors in school. Mm. And then I talked to the technical drawing teachers, then just wondering what the path would be. Mm. And a lot of them were talking about engineering, talking about architecture. So it was mainly between like architecture and engineering. Mm. But then I did my own research and I realized that architecture might be a bit too streamlined for what I was hoping to achieve. So engineering was a bit broad, was very versatile. And of all the fields of engineering, mechanical engineering was the one that had the most prospects. Mechanical engineering, of which the other engineers may not agree. But this is, this is the case. If, you've been, <laughs> if you are objective enough, they, if they have been objective, they will agree. Mechanical engineering is the most versatile in every single field. There's no project that can go on without like a mechanical engineer in a particular way.
2: Mm.
0: Obviously, there are other subfields of mechanical engineering, but mechanical engineering is the broadest mm. of all of them and very versatile. So I wanted to choose a field that I would enjoy a feel that I know that I wouldn't look for a job, so that is the thing with mechanical engineering. I could decide to be a materials engineer, design engineer, maintenance engineer, researcher, lecturer, whatever. So I feel mechanical engineering was the right way for me.
1: Okay, fair enough. So um, I was just I was just going to ask. So um, you mentioned a little bit about um, your interest in technical drawing. Um, and I don't know. There's this like, yeah. there's this like theory, like to have an to have like a an engineering path, um, to want to become an engineer. There's always supposed to be this interest in, uh, I think they call it spatial skills or something like, of that nature, um, where
0: oh, yeah, spatial awareness, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So what? So I mean, like growing up for you, like second primary school, did you notice anything in that sense? Or were you just the girly girl type that wanted to play with dolls and stuff?
0: Well, I don't think one has to go... Do, I don't think it's um, either or,
1: mm.
0: right? I don't think being interested in special awareness and special skills, those kinds of toys, makes you less girly, right? I don't think it's either or. Mm. Um, but yeah, we. I played with dolls. I had dolls. I had different games, we played games in the house. So I don't think it was a case of either or. That's another thing about, I think we'll get there later, explaining some kind of stereotypes that people think about engineering and girls in engineering. Girls
1: in engineering,
0: basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it wasn't either or. I did everything. (laughs) I did everything.
1: Fair enough. So what's it like being um, a female mechanical engineer and what do you enjoy about the profession, especially with the fact that you have gotten to the zenith of your academic career?
0: Yeah, um, being a female in mechanical engineering, um, it's always, it never goes on, to be honest, whenever I tell people what I Mm -hmm. studied.
1: Exactly. I mean, introduce it's, yourself basically as an engineer.
0: They always have the same reaction. And I'm like, why do you always have this reaction? What is going on? Um, <laughs> so it's very funny to me. It's, it's so funny when they say, okay, what, what, what do you do? Like, well, I'm mechanical engineer. Oh, okay. Um, So you have a PhD. When they say I'm a doctor, you're like, oh, a medical doctor. And I know I'm a researcher. I have a PhD. And they're like, oh, okay. It was killed. And I said, mechanical engineer. And they're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 what is going on here um, yeah like it's weird for me because when I was doing it I didn't see myself as anything doing anything special but it's I think it's people's reactions to what I was doing that made it seem different okay. because when people ask me how did you feel when you were studying mechanical engineering in the University of Benin um, because I was the only girl in my class um, throughout my undergrad,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I was the only girl in my class. The thing is, when I went there, I wasn't sitting out of place because throughout secondary school, my classes as well, I was probably like, like one of few girls, mm. well, like maybe three or four girls in technical drawing class, in the math class. So I was already getting used to the fact that, okay. This is how I'll going to be. Mm. But then when I got to university, I was the only girl in the class. <laughs> it was, yeah. But the thing is, the way the boys reacted and the way the lecturers reacted, mm. that was the thing for me, you know? So a lot of stereotypes, a lot of, yeah. But if I put that aside and being a woman in the field, I enjoy the field, like what I'm doing, this, so many ways that you can go on this very versatile I just feel like again I don't want to offend anybody but I just feel (laughs) like it's a field that (laughs) it feels that you you would rarely look for a job for too long because you can go anywhere you can go either way you can decide to say that you know I want to be a design engineer and then you can just maybe do some training learn some skills and then Mm -hmm. you can just switching to that career path. So that's what I really enjoy. And what I want to do with energy and power as well, it's very, very important to be very close to my heart. So mechanical engineering is what is the right path for me. So yeah, I'm enjoying being on the path.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, um you're talking about being like the only girl in um your class and and yeah. and it leads me to my next question because um Engineering, generally, is regarded as a male-dominated field. Uh, So I can simply put and just say that it's, some people will say engineering is for men. Um, So um, my question is, did you ever feel at any time that as a woman in the profession, you needed to prove yourself again and again? And if yes, how did you overcome that?
0: Yeah, um, I would agree that it is a male-dominated field, but I will not agree that it's for men. Mm. Okay, it's a male-dominated field for several reasons. And one of which is that mindset of, um, yeah, it, it comes from a truth, but the thing is, as time goes on, people have to let go of those kinds of thoughts. Mm. So there was a time when um, mechanical engineering, engineering in general, and mechanics, would be reserved for men. This was because of this manual physical effort that was required. So you need to change engine blocks so You need to use your actual muscles to bring out the energy from the body and whatever. So mm-hmm. we've gone way beyond that. So for the past 50, 100 years, that has not been true. And every single day it becomes less true. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people still have that. It's, still a mis- it's kind of a misconception that you need to have the muscle, you need to be able to lift engine blocks in order to be a mechanical engineer. That is absurd. Mm. We've gone way beyond that. And um, with advancements in technology every single day, it becomes less and less true. There is little or no manual physical effort in any form of engineering. You have machines for that, you have systems for that. So the only thing that's stopping a woman from becoming a mechanical engineer at the moment is just her. And obviously society is a major problem, especially the African society and it's about Asia as well. Mm. That is probably what's stopping some people from going into mechanical engineering in general. Mm. Um, so that's on one hand. So I had to navigate those stereotypes. I had to navigate um men most likely, women surprisingly as well. <laughs> yeah, um, but within think it's every single day in your class, if men you engage with. Women are more from society point of view right so with men in class you may be forced to they want to put you in either of two boxes one box of the tomboy that has to somehow relinquish all her femininity in order to be able to do engineering so if you decide to be in that class you have to like become a boy basically Mm -hmm. that one box will have to put you in and the next box is if you decide to embrace your femininity in any way, like maybe you want to do your hair, you want to do makeup, you want to dress—I don't know any dress—to come to class. They are looking like you. Are, this person does she know where she is. Are you sure she's not coming to the wrong class? Like this person has probably doesn't know where she is. Probably at airhead. Just maybe picked this course because it sounded fancy. Um. So. Those were the two boxes. So I had to show them every single day that I could decide what I wanted to do. I could come to class in a dress and heels if I decided <laughs> But if I wanted to go, if I wanted to go into the workshop, there's health and safety requirements. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Health and safety requirements, means that you can your hair cannot be loose. Mm. So even the guys that have long hair, you have to put your hair in a bun or something because you are in a workshop It's health and safety. You don't want your hair caught in a moving part. Mm-hmm. jewelry as well, there could be magnetic fields around you, so those are the things you have to be cautious about health and safety when you come into the workshop. But otherwise, there's nothing stopping you from wearing a dress and like heels to come to class, nothing is stopping you. So I had to, every single day, make people understand that I'm not going to fit into this particular box, I am not. And then you were expected to just be terrible. The fact that a girl, in mechanical engineering, you expected to be the bottom of the class. So I remember a particular time in class, I think about like in third year. And then we submitted this. Um,
1: was, this in uni- was this in postgraduate? Or? Oh,
0: yeah, university, university of Benin undergraduate. OK. okay. Um, we submitted this report. It was a critical thinking course. And we submitted this report to have to solve a particular problem in a way that it hasn't been solved before. Mm. <laughs> And I remember the lecturer coming to class with the, the feedback. And he was like, oh, this particular person did very well, um, read a bit of the report. And then was like, um, where is he? Where is he <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? I need, to, I need to actually, you know, I need to really um, comment this person. Where is he? And he kept saying, where is he? And then he called my name. And I'm like, <laughs> I just started laughing. and then the other guy started laughing because he knew it was my name I was calling. And then I stood up and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, oh, <laughs> and it's a girl, it's a girl in class because I was the only girl. It was the girl? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Because the thing is, most of the time, you know my name, but I, just, I was just um, a very um, more of a show yourself rather than talk. So it's more of like, so they didn't really know my name. So my that, lecturers didn't know my name until final year.
1: Was that because you were the only female in the class or was it just your personality?
0: Oh, just my personality. I, I'm more a person that believes your your work should speak for you rather than you just blowing your own horn. There are times when you need to be outspoken. Mm. I was not like how I in a way or anything, but I just felt so my grade to tell what I am. If I need to do a presentation, I will show myself. Mm. But I don't need to be that extra van loud person in class, that was never me. So yeah, I just feel like as a girl in engineering, studying, in practice, workplace, every single day you have to let people know that you are, you are meant to be there. You have to show them that you are in the right place. I don't think men have to prove themselves as much as women do in engineering. In the profession. Yeah, We have to, we just have to, yeah.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. Um in, uh, in in trying to some studies have tried to unravel um the reasons why you have these gender disparities as we have been talking about, and um some have alluded it to the biological and psychological makeup of both sexes as in play a role in in trying to choose a course in STEM, particularly in engineering. And this has to say, let me break it down. Like some say that um, men are, or males are more likely to tend towards things. And so you have them more in mechanical engineering, architecture and fields of that nature. While females will tend to um, um, work with persons. And so you find them in nursing, in medicine, in HR. Um, So I was just wondering, what's your, own personal thought on this you do you believe in it or you feel it's just a hoax and if it's a hoax you feel like you are probably one of the exceptions to this rule
0: I 100% disagree with that I would like to know the stories but I'm I I know there are probably studies out there and it's probably to me when I hear things like this I hope that the studies are maybe 500 years old 200 years old because if they are recent studies, then it's worrying for me that people are still thinking this way. Um, Yeah, because it's still, it's on the same level as racial eugenics for me, when you say, okay, Africans are supposed to be less intelligent than their white counterparts, Mm. that's rubbish. Um, So it's complete rubbish. Mm. I agree that there are certain aptitudes required for certain jobs, for certain careers, but it has nothing to do with male or female, in my opinion. It has nothing to do with male or female. Um, they are telling people that just do well when it comes to like numbers. And they're like, it has nothing to do with male or female. When it comes to drawing, when it comes to design, nothing to do with male or female. Um, so when I hear things like this, like, oh, you know, yes. it's it's the way it's I don't want to say stupid, but it's rubbish. Um so, like I said before, the only reason why certain jobs were left to mechanical engineering and engineering in general was because of how it was manual, it was very physical initially. Apart from that, there is absolutely no reason, no reason why the job is going to be left for a man. Um, and as for well, so other courses, like nothing being left <laughs> Oh my God, it's, no, nah, no, nah, nah. no, no, I don't, I don't agree. I don't think I am an exception to anything. like for me, I know my father particularly wanted me to be a medical doctor, mm. <laughs> but um, it was 100% not for me, mm. 100% not for me. Mm. Like I, I didn't have the right attitude to be in the medical field at all. It has nothing to do with the studies, it just has to do with the actual being a medical person in any way, shape, or form. I just can't be around people that are sick and suffering every single day. I don't have the attitude. Mm-hmm. I would probably be a very sad person if I went into that field. Yeah. So it's just the thing, it's it's just attitude. It's just who you are in terms of like temperament, in terms of, and then what you decide to put your mind to, train your mind to do what you like doing, you know. I know there are some medical doctors that, because of the kind of aptitude that I have, they have decided, I'm not going to do anything with patients. They say medical doctors they are like, nah, I'm not going to do anything with patients. Mm. But I just feel a combination of not wanting to see people suffer, especially kids, and then working with like the Lord, and no, I just feel no, 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 no. no. So I don't I don't agree with that. I
1: don't agree with that at all. So from what I'm getting from you, it's, it has nothing to do with male and female. So I, I'm getting like, OK, um, so why do we still have like that low number, that gap? That gap yes. in, why, what, what do you think it's I know you've you've tried to Um, I, in my opinion, I'm feeling like the awareness of when you say engineering, people think it's just difficult, it's something. So what do you think has, what do you think, how do you feel awareness in trying to make oh, yeah. females yeah. aware that you can also, you mm. can also study engineering?
0: Yes. Um, the thing is, because i am giving some talks, because I do some um, volunteering money about STEM and um, encouraging kids in general into STEM subjects. Mm. Um, especially when it has to do with subjects around math. So, guys, as well as girls, whenever they had a bad experience in their early years with math, it just kind of discourages them from math henceforth, right? So, that's a major thing that I have noticed, and which with my with research as well. So, that's why we like try to talk to children in like primary school for so them to leave as early as possible because maths is a major problem. The fear of math is a very serious issue. <laughs> um, so whenever they have a bad experience, when they, by the time they get a secondary school, they are like already like torn off of maths, that's one. So that's good for both male and female. So I know I haven't had friends back in university of Benin that they just felt they couldn't do engineering because of that math issue died as well. It was just a math and I can't do that. For that math, no, I can't even go near there. So yes, that's a serious issue. Then the, for the women's side of it, it is one is more of a confidence issue and it's a, mm-hmm. a body confidence issue. So engineering, especially the mechanical engineering, the civil engineering, the ones that are saying most masculine of them all, mm-hmm. A lot of women feel like they would lose that femininity. That is a misconception. They feel like, okay, if I go into this field, I am going to feel unattractive. So again, I say it's African culture and a bit of Asian culture. So you're like, okay, I'm going to feel unattractive. That means my my, uh, chances of getting suitors or whatever, is slim because I am doing a field that is going to scare men away from me. So A lot of women would decide not to go into those fields. That is 100% what we found. Talking to girls, when you find out from parents, what is your view about your daughter studying this course? Like, where is she going to see a husband that's going to marry her when she's doing the job that is supposed to be for a man? Um, <laughs> the thing is, this, this kind of societal, um, what's the word now, societal way of thinking, you'll be surprised the kind of people that have this kind of thinking, like well-educated people, people, the last people on Earth that you think has kind of thinking. Because I remember um, one of my friends back in, in school um, that I used to date, right so he he was studying a different kind of engineering, mm. chemical engineering. And I was studying mechanical engineering. I remember him saying it was like a joke, but he was like, oh, that um, if we go ahead with this relationship, that how is it going to look that you are the one studying mechanical engineering and I'm the one studying chemical engineering? I'm like, what does that even mean? It's like um that it's supposed to be the reverse. <laughs> so it is it comes from the the, the uh, last people that you think will have that way of thinking, they actually do have that way of thinking. So in that kind of relationship, that person is gonna feel has a kind of inferiority complex that he feels I am studying the course that's made for the man, and he's studying the course that's made for the woman or whatever. So that's the thing that is a serious problem, a serious switch that has to turn. So it's the I don't have I'm not gonna get a suit of thing. I will not feel attractive. Um, in that field, so yeah, so that's where the society thing comes in. Apart from that, when it comes to intelligence, it has nothing to do with male or female.
1: So you mentioned something about societal um, issues. And so you've, you've studied in two societies, you've studied in Nigeria, you studied in UK. Um, yeah. where, where do you feel, speaking of uh-huh. what you just said, where do you feel that bias is, or is it just the same everywhere?
0: Well, you'll be surprised to know that um, less girls are studying STEM subjects that have to do with math in the UK than even in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. So in the the UK, more and more girls are running away from math and running away from engineering Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, same reasons of that I mentioned. And on that thing is that whole there's this weird peer pressure that I've observed as I work a lot with girls and young people in school here in the UK. You have, have you ever experienced the kind of bullying? That you're being bullied because you're good at math? Or you're being bullied because you're good at class That's what they experience here. So the cool kids are seen as the kids that are not good in class, which is a very weird thing for me to experience. Mm. So the cool kids are the ones that don't go into class, they're the ones that we spent out on detention and whatever. Mm. So the kids that are actually good in math. Nobody wants to play with them, nobody invites them to parties. So girls in particular that are very, they feel very pressured about wanting to belong. Mm. They feel like they have to play down how good they are in math and sciences to be able to fit into the crowd. So that's a very major issue here in the UK. So there's this particular girl that was, according to her parents, she was not good at math. So I was supposed to tutor her for a, an exam. But from what I experienced, this person is actually good in math, but she's just playing it down to to feel her mom, It's the weirdest thing ever. But yeah.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move over a little bit. So let's concentrate on those who or the females who are interested in STEM subject, particularly your field, mechanical engineering. Um. Do you, what, what skills what skills do you think um, they should have that could help them in their journey?
0: Well, it depends on what stage they are. Um, I would hope that if they're at the stage when they're actually choosing the course, maybe undergraduate, they want to enter university. Then I would have hoped that they've already like they've done their basics, math design, technical drawing, critical thinking, creative problem solving. Mm. These are things that are a must in any engineering field mm. whatsoever, right? And mm. most especially mechanical engineering. So these are the basics of which other things are. So you have to enjoy those particular subjects. You have to enjoy these things. It has to be part of your life before you even go into university, right? University is already like, you're already starting to get molded into something. So these are the ingredients that are very, very important. And then, like I said before, you have to do this because you want to do this, not because any other person is saying, you should do it, mm. This goes to any other field as well. But I think because of the adversity that you would face from yourself and from other people, especially because you're, you're still in the field, mm. you need to be really confident in yourself and your abilities there are going to be times when you doubt yourself 100 percent. but since you you chose the path on your own then that you keep reminding yourself of why you are on that path and then the confidence comes with competence confidence always comes with confidence i don't believe in empty confidence confidence comes with competence and i have to get competent you have to do the the, the simple things you have to make sure you your head you're studying you have to look for a good mentor, very important. Mm. At each stage, you have to have someone that at least has been on that path or will be able to give some kind of insight into that path Um, and then be willing to work for free. Mm, A lot of people would all like this, but um, engineering, apprenticeships in engineering is so important, Mm. so, so important. So like any holidays you have, use that for the right reasons. Like work for free. Go to a particular um, establishment, get some skills from there, like practical skills, industry skills, very, very, very important. So be willing to work for free. You are still hopefully if you order your parents' proof and you know they won't pay your own school fees, you can afford to do this. You can afford to work for free. Um, so it is there's nothing as important as that practical skills. Nothing as important as that. Um, so, yeah, if you're already on that path, 100% percent you on the right path, you've chosen the right path. Um, mechanical engineering, there's there's abundance of opportunities. You can go anywhere you want to go. I, like I said, I want to offend, but whatever I'm doing in mechanical engineering, it always feels like I said I'm throwing shit on other <laughs> careers, but it is not intentional. Yeah. Mechanical engineering and engineering in general, there is no path, path, rather, there's no path of our life, our physical life that doesn't depend on engineering. Mm. There is absolutely no path. Nobody, people may not agree,
1: but this is the truth. Even in the medical field, even in the medical yes. field, I can, I, can, I can tell you. You cannot
0: do your job without engineering. True. You cannot do your job. True. There is nothing you can, like. is it your kitchen or anything you can think of? Engineering is part of that and mechanical engineering is the bedrock of that as well Mm. so engineers are always solving problems you know there's even a joke it's not really a funny joke but there's a joke that says an engineer would always solve a problem if there is no problem the engineer will create the problem and then solve the problem right but Mm. yeah and there's always something to solve there's always something to innovate something to improve so engineering is it's just like endless.
1: So let's let's concentrate. Yeah. Let's concentrate on you now. Um you recently finished mm-hmm. your PhD program in the University of Wolverhampton. Um what yeah. were some of the challenges you faced during your research program in mechanical engineering and how did you overcome them?
0: All right. Okay. So obviously stereotyping was still an issue, whether you like it or not, you can't escape stereotyping. Um and whenever you're, it's, it's a weird thing, like I said, those that are propagating these stereotypes are most of the, they're very educated people, professors, right? Mm. So you could be in a research meeting with, obviously, again, I was the only girl, everywhere I go these days. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so um, you're in a research meeting, professors, doctors, and then you are the research student, obviously you're not a doctor yet. so. Mm. there are other research students. And then Mm -hmm. there are even undergraduate students in that research meeting, right? Mm -hmm. But your opinion is less just because you are a woman. And I think maybe because I was working with um, Africans as well, again, Mm -hmm. I I didn't have uh, as much experience working closely with non-Africans. So that might be... Was that because of your
1: type of research? Was that because of...
0: no, 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 it wasn't because of that. It was just because of that was a particular person that was um, working in my staff okay. class yeah. okay. So agree. um So <laughs> you experience the thing of your, they expect you to just listen and say, okay, just because you're a woman. And I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> this is not why I'm here. I am a researcher. We are supposed to be seen as um, colleagues, Mm. Rather than you are trying to put your way, your your way down my throat. Mm. One of my supervisors actually told me one time, <laughs> this was after some kind of like back and forth in a research meeting.
2: Mm.
0: And one of them told me, uh, oh, woman, you know, sometimes you behave like a man. Mm. And he was expecting it to be something that would put me down. So like, mm. you know, no woman wants to hear that she's behaving like a man. And then I told him thank you. And he was like, that was not meant to be a compliment. And I'm like, I've taken that as a compliment. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on from, from this meeting. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Because why he says that was because I just did not, I said, this is what I think about. This is my research. And I think this is the path that we should go on. If I try this for like a few weeks and months, it doesn't work out. Then I can try something else. But right now, this is a research area. It's supposed to bring something new to the table. I can't keep trying what you think is right because that's how you would do it. Then you try how I would do it and mm. see what happens. And then he's telling me, you'd be like, <laughs> like that <this man. laughs> um, So, yeah. And then it was on that time when the head of the research team, the professor, he noticed that I was always having this back and forth with this particular doctor that said I'd be like a man. And he told me, hey, you know, sometimes, have to allow him you have to allow him to have his way and i'm like why and he's like you know as an african woman <laughs> and an african man
1: he played the card
0: <laughs> and i'm like how does that have anything to do with this research team at this moment i'm like oh my god so that was a serious issue um, and then obviously self-motivation So if you are doing a PhD, it's independence research, so there are times when you will be so low on motivation and the motivation has to come from you because nobody's going to motivate you, nobody's going to tell you, you must be here at this particular time, you have mm-hmm. to get up, design your research, get it done, so it was a major issue. Then um, the, another thing that I think Afflicts a lot of people. I don't know if it's particular to women, but I have experienced that a lot. Is this imposter syndrome, right? So <laughs> you feel like you are not supposed to be at that level where mm-hmm. you are. So that's a major thing as well. Um, you feel like like you're in this room, you're making a presentation, you're at an international conference, and then you're making a presentation. And then your mind, you're thinking, I'm presenting to professors and people in industry, like, what do I know I'm saying? <laughs> what do I think I'm saying? Mm. That comes a lot, but you have to keep reminding yourself that you are here for a reason. You have the competence. You know what you're doing. But it comes, it comes, it comes, uh, yeah, it comes into, into mind a lot. So, yeah, every single day, you have to let people know that you know what you're doing. You are here for a reason. You chose to be here you have the right to be there just as any other person, especially any other man, or as a man, rather. Yeah. So it's, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing, yeah.
1: So you're done with your PhD now. Um, so I just wanted to ask, what are the opportunities for career progression as a mechanical engineer, using yourself as a case study, following your path? How does this apply to you now that you're done with your PhD?
2: Oh,
0: yeah, well, my, you mentioned um, something
1: about power. You mentioned something about your research on power. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah, my research is particular about um, improving the reliability of solar panels. Okay. So, in making sure they perform better in hot climates like Africa, Asia, you know. Okay. So, that was my research, trying to improve the reliability. So, changing materials, changing some designs in order to make sure they perform better because most of them like 90% of the market is designed to operate in cooler temperatures, because that's the misconception about solar panels People just think sun and just think that it should perform well in hot places. But no, the panels are designed for light, not heat. Oh,
2: okay. So they
0: don't like the heat, but they like the light. So that's the thing. But the sun comes with heat and light. So oh, that's okay. where the problem is when it's operating in hot climates. So that was my research. And I am very passionate about um, green energy, renewable energy. So that's the path that I want to go on in terms of research, hopefully in terms of like modeling and manufacture of a more efficient solar panels for hotter climate, that's where I want to be. Um, But research is not for everybody. Again, research is a particular skill that you have to train, you have to develop. You might have the aptitude for it or you may not have the aptitude for it. Not all mechanical engineers can be researchers so it depends on the kind of thing that you can do. But I, I, see myself as a researcher more every day, every every day. Yeah. So it depends on what you want to do. You could be a researcher that would lead you to be working with like um, R and D departments or doing your own thing as an inventor as, as a case may be. Or you might decide to do other things. Uh, if I wasn't a researcher, I'd probably be a design engineer. Um, so yeah, it depends on what you want to do and what you enjoy doing. Because I always say, choose what you enjoy doing. So it doesn't feel like work. Um, because whenever I'm just doing, by when I'm writing a particular paper for a journal to publish a paper, time just goes. You don't even know time is going. Just goes. It's writing, and when I'm presenting, I'm at home. Uh, on that stage presenting uh, at conferences. So it depends on what you enjoy doing. If you are the kind of person that wants to be more like hands-on doing things like maintenance or reliability, then perfect, you choose that path. You wanna be a materials engineer like me, I am a bit more of a material science engineer. And so my work was more of like material selection. So it depends on, again, what you like doing. There are so many paths you can go on with mechanical engineering alone, not to talk of engineering in general. So,
1: yeah. So, finally, mm-hmm. finally on a final note, um, if you were to summarize your message for girls already in STEM or those considering um, a career path in engineering, what would that be? Yeah, I know you've said a lot about it, but just in a summary.
2: Yeah,
0: my summary would be if you want to do engineering. Start as early as possible okay um, and then choose the field because you want to do that mm. because you enjoy doing that because you are going to do that all hopefully most of your life so you want to do something that you enjoy and then take the time to put in the work nothing comes in a day nothing comes easy it takes time so um, just like when you, you don't expect a tree that you planted today, maybe an orange tree or an apple tree or whatever, to start producing it immediately, you need to give it time. You need to put in that effort, keep watering it, keep making sure it receives enough sunlight and whatever. So you need to give those things time. But the last thing is you don't want to just be sitting down and waiting for things to happen because if you don't plant the tree, nothing would happen. So you need to put in that effort, wait, see how things go. Again, I say, do the hard work, train yourself, develop those skills, look for a mentor, proper mentor, not anybody, and then be willing to work for free. I can't say this enough. Be willing to work for free because a lot of employers are more likely, like 90% likely to give you a job when they know that they're not going to pay you when they know that they're going to have free labor. So it's a win-win for you because at that moment, you're still in university, you're still in secondary school, but you have gained some skills that are irreplaceable, invaluable. So be willing to work for free. And I know in Nigeria still, um, after your fourth year, you do um, six months um, yeah, IT, industrial, industrial training. Be willing to work for free I know a lot of people wanted to work in like super multinational comp- uh, companies during their IT, but they might not have ended up doing as much of engineering as they would have loved. They the money rather than the experience. I would say go for like smaller companies that you know you would do those things, you would get those skills. So be willing to work for free or for small money, but you get those skills. So yeah, um, that's what I would advise. Anybody that wants to go into engineering or mechanical engineering in particular.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I know it's quite- yeah
0: for the women. Mm. Yeah, sorry for the women. I've yeah. being attractive have to do with your career? It's about mm-hmm. you. However, you, if you want to, if you feel like you need to be more attractive, mm-hmm. then do something to make yourself more attractive. It has nothing to do with your career path. Um, and don't allow anybody to tell you that because of your job. Therefore, you would not find d- your life partner or whatever mm. that whole thing is. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing, trust me, but it, it really feels a lot of women to go I- away from engineering. So attraction has nothing to do with your, your career path. It's about you and be confident and confidence comes from competence. So that you can know what you're saying by putting in the work to get those skills. Yeah.
1: Yeah. i know i said finally before but finally finally <laughs>
2: okay.
1: uh we, okay. we've been talking a lot about nerdy stuff uh, i was just wondering apart from engineering <laughs> apart from engineering <laughs> i didn't
0: think i was a nerdy person oh my god okay go on
1: <laughs> apart from engineering uh, what else are you interested in what do you do for fun oh for
0: fun i'm always like watching a movie or listening to music or reading books like not studying just reading novels Okay, I don't make myself sound like one person right now.
1: Trust me, you have uh, already tried this podcast. Well, oh my God. It's all good. Uh,
0: so I really love novels when I can, um, watch movies, play games. But I don't play too much games, to be honest. Yeah, play games, watch movies. Yeah, so for fun. Yeah, when I'm not like volunteering or mentoring or whatever, yeah, for fun, play games, watch movies, listen to music, read novels.
1: I know. So, um, Dr. Rumen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for um, trying to explain certain things to our audience. And uh, we wish you the very best in your future endeavors.
0: Thank you, Dr. Adrian. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode we would like for you to recommend this podcast to others and please endeavor to leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening from as this helps in the visibility of our podcast.